Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, film geeks. Today's class is all about Scream 6. The franchise continues. Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. Happy Oscar weekend. Y'all, the Oscars are finally here, and I am two films away for watching all the Best Picture nominees, so I still need to finish Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I'm actually just going to go to the movie theater tomorrow night, I think, and watch it. I have actually had a Showtime free trial for two months. I watched half of it, and I just couldn't get into it. I'm not saying the movie's bad. Don't get me wrong. I understand why it's nominated. I agree with the nomination. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just having trouble getting into it. And I think a lot of it just has to do with me being in my bedroom and in the comfort of my own home. But at at the same time, it's kind of boring for me. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to finish this, I'm going to have to get out of my bedroom. But luckily, a lot of these movies are replaying at the theater. So that's how we're doing that. And I still need to watch All Quiet on the Western Front. I I think I'm just putting it off. I don't like subtitles. It's not fun for me. Some people enjoy subtitles. I don't. Uh, And I don't want to watch it dubbed. I want to watch this the way it was intended to be seen, which is in that foreign language. And I'm just going to have to suffer with subtitles. So I have to do all of that before Sunday night because I want to be able to at least somewhat participate in this. I don't want to just be kind of a bystander, but I want to be able to enjoy it really enjoy it and just kind of know what's going on now the only movies that I really am just not going to see I'm not going to really see any of the animation movies I'm not going to see any of the documentaries that's just not my thing um unless it's something that really interests me I'm, I'm just not going to that's just how that works I don't know what to tell you but I'm looking forward to Oscar weekend so you're wondering like how can I watch the Oscars this weekend now unfortunately the Oscars are not going to follow in the footsteps of the SAG Awards the SAG Awards live streamed on YouTube via the Netflix YouTube channel and I thought that was such a genius decision But the Oscars are kind of behind the times. I think that's the way to go. Honestly, if you're going to be doing this from now on, that's the way to go. Because cable, who has cable anymore? My mom doesn't even have cable anymore. And my mom's always had cable. And if my mom had cable, it would be easy for me to watch it. So they're going to broadcast on ABC and also via the ABC app. But the only way to watch it on the ABC app is if you have a cable provider, you have to uh, log in via, via that provider. The other way to watch it is like YouTube Live, Hulu Live. I think it's called Fubu TV, Fubo, Fubo to the Fubo TV, something to that effect. So what I'm going to have to do is do a free trial of YouTube Live and then cancel it right after. That's the plan anyway. Uh, cause I don't have cable. I just have internet and then a whole bunch of streaming services, most of which I don't even watch. So I don't even know why I have them, but yeah, that's what my weekend is looking like in addition to a St. Patrick's Day parade. Tomorrow is the first one of the 
I guess you can say St. Patrick's Day season. St. Patrick's Day, believe it or not, is a big deal here in New Orleans. You wouldn't think, but yeah, it is. The Irish and Italian history here is incredibly rich. So Irish, um, the Irish and the Italianness of it all kind of merge together because in the month of March, you also have St. Joseph's Day. So Italian American heritage parade happens in the French Quarter. And that's actually one of my favorites. I think it's that one. It's whatever parade is in the French Quarter. Um, those men are always good looking. And if you're lucky, you'll get a kiss on the cheek. And I am good with that as someone who is, you know, chronically single. So yeah, that's what's coming up for me this weekend. Parade, Oscars, church, the works, everything, everywhere, all at once. But let's talk about Scream 6, y'all. We're Scream 6. So what? It's what, 2023? Great. Now I have to do freaking math. What, 17? So no, 27 years. No, it's less than that. Yeah, 27 years. So 27 years of Scream movies. That's where we're at right now. So the first Scream came out in 1996, had such a cr- an incredible cast. Babies, newcomers, you know, these kids fresh on the scene at the time. You know, just icons of that age. Oh, you don't have movie stars like that anymore, where you had these big names who were just just enough, good enough to kind of draw people in. These people we recognize. We had their our, their our pic their pictures on our walls. The movie star era is gone, but at the time, Scream Six, they were these kids, you know, basically kids. And they were just up and coming, you know, just making a name for themselves. Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, Nev Campbell, Drew Barrymore. I mean, Drew Barrymore was kind of a household name. She'd been doing this since she was a little girl. Uh, uh, Rose McGowan, Courtney Cox, uh, before she was Courtney Cox Arquette, David Arquette. Henry Winkler was in this, like, you know, just kind of a a packed cast and that's kind of always been the uh thing about scream is having a packed cast now that's not been so much in the last two because that movie star era is kind of gone so they've kind of plucked people from places that you might recognize you know you had the young man i think it's dylan minette who was in 13 reasons why and jenna ortega who is just blossoming well where are we at with scream Six. So we have left Woodsboro, California, which is where the last five films have taken place. And we are now in New York City. Tara Carpenter, one of our final girls, she and her sister Sam are living in New York. Tara is attending Blackmore University, along with uh, Mindy Meeks Martin and Chad Meeks Martin, who are the niece and nephew of Randy Martin, who was also in the first film, God, what's his name? What is his name? It's going to kill me now. Now I have to look it up. Randy Meeks. So got that one backwards. Randy Meeks was played by, what is his name? I know who this is. He's in one of my favorite episodes of Criminal Minds. I know this dude. I grew up with this dude. Yeah, y'all are just going to bear with me until I get this dude's name. Jamie Kennedy. Really? It just hit me. Jamie Kennedy played Randy Meeks, and he is the uncle of... Chad and Mindy Meeks and Randy Meeks was in the first three Scream films. Um, I think kind of in the third one, but basically in the second and he met his demise, unfortunately. And he was kind of our wise sage in that he was the one who kind of unfolded things for us he was the one who explained the rules of a horror film and his niece mindy has kind of taken on that mantle of being the one to explain to us how this thing works the role that everyone is supposed to play how you survive a horror movie that's what scream is right scream is a 
merging of genres. It is both a slasher and a satire because we're satirizing slasher films, which is funny for me because this is Wes Craven's baby, right? And slasher films, teen slasher films, that those unforgettable tropes, that's how he got his start. Nightmare on Elm Street. So he is both kind of making fun of the genre, but also paying homage to it at the same time. Now, unfortunately, Wes Craven passed in 2015, yet we have these two guys, Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett, who have taken on Scream 5 and Scream 6. And instead of reinventing the wheel, trying to do their own thing with it, they've just kept that wheel rolling. So we're still in the same formula, same groove as all these other Scream movies. But this Scream 6 takes a bit of a turn. It, it's still in the same kind of formula, but it, do, it it switches things up a little bit differently. This is probably the goriest and bloodiest scream movie out of all of them and honestly it was so good i would say this was better than scream five so who all is in this you know you have melissa barrera jenna ortega courtney cox jamie jasmine savoy brown mason gooding hayden panettiere dermont maroney devin nakoda josh Sagara, jack champion liana liberato and Samara Weaving. So this is your out. If you don't haven't seen it yet, if you don't want spoilers, this is where you cut it off. Let's give me a peace sign if you have to bounce. I, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. There will be spoilers. There's no way to talk about this without spoiling something. So here's your final out. Spoiler alert. All right, let's talk about it. Samara Weaving makes a nice little cameo. You know what that means. You know what it means when you're talking about a cameo in Scream films. That means somebody dies in the beginning. Drew Barrymore was our first little cute cameo in Scream 1 in 1996, which was kind of shocking. That quick death was a a bit of a, a nod to Psycho. Now, what Psycho did, I think 1960 is when Psycho came out, Alfred Hitchcock, our lead actress dies in the middle of the movie. You know, the the one who's kind of the center of gravity of the story, the reason the story is being pushed forward, she dies in the middle of it. When Drew Barrymore, who is was a big name at the time, um, she dies like, what, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes into the movie. That was an homage and a kind of a nod to that, the killing of who was supposed to be our final girl crazy right so samara weaving kind of steps into that role of being our quick cute little cameo and our quick first kill and she breaks all the rules which is funny because she's supposed to be a film studies professor who specializes in slasher films and she is waiting for her you know dating app date at a cute little restaurant sitting at the bar drinking shots you know waiting for him to show up and she gets a phone call Well, no, no, I'm sorry. She gets a text saying, hey, I'm lost. And he's like, hey, can I call you? And she answers the phone. And that's when she says, yeah, I'm a film studies professor. I do slasher movies. And they go on talking about the tropes and all the different rules. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, like, don't go down the alley. Don't pick up the phone. And that was our clue. That was our obvious, obvious clue that she made a wrong move. This is not going to end well. And it was an obvious, intentionally obvious clue. That was for us. That was for those of us who've kept with this franchise, who know that answering the phone means sudden death. And it was kind of like a cute little Easter egg nod just for us. I love stuff like that, where the directors and the writers will just give us something. It's not for the, it's not for the actor. It's not for the character. It's for the audience. It's just something, you know, cute to kind of bring you into the story. And it was, it was a nice tug. It was, it was a simple, easy, gentle little tug, but that don't pick up the phone, it brought you in. It drew you in. And now you're invested in what's going to happen to this girl. Cause you know, immediately she just broke all the rules and she's not going to make it out of the scene. And she does. She breaks all the rules. She answers the phone. She leaves the restaurant. It's a safe place with witnesses. She walks down the aisle alley and then she dies. And we see ghost face for the first time. And her death was absolutely brutal. Y'all. I mean, I've been waiting for, you know, extreme carnage for a while now, and I finally got it. I'm so happy. But her death was brutal. But this is where it gets crazy. This is where it gets crazy, y'all. This is where it gets crazy. And here are the spoilers. If you're still here and you're like, well, maybe she's not going to. No, no. This is the spoiler, y'all. I'm leaving. Exit. Exit. If if I tell you something, 
and you're like, oh my God, I, why? I didn't want to know that. I already warned you, right? Okay, spoiler. So she gets killed, right? And of course, you know, she gets stabbed and there's blood and it's gory. And then Ghostface takes a look at her. And what is Ghostface? He takes off the mask. He takes off the mask and we see his face. And I remember just he, the, the sound of people because it was a kind of a full theater minus the two people in the theater that just would not shut up. But, you know, you could hear the you could hear the confusion like, huh? Wait, what? What? What's going on? And and now we're, you know, he throws away his clothes, takes the mask with him. And now he's walking. And he's walking and we're following him. And it's like, why are we following him? Why do we know who this? We never know who Ghostface is. That's part of the charm of the screen movies is you don't know who the killer is. There's always a why behind it. And you're you're stuck trying to figure out both the who and the why. And ugh. But why are we, why do we know who this is? So we go back to his apartment where he has other scream masks and it turns out he's a fanatic who is, you know, wanting to kind of pick up where Richie left off. And as he's walking to his apartment, though, he passed Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega. So clearly she knows this dude and he's asking about her sister, Sam. Sam Carpenter, who is Jenna Ortega's older sister in this movie, is the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. Now, if you saw um, Scream 5, you know that she is having issues hallucinating. She's seeing him, her father, who was kind of guiding and leading and pushing her into being this kind of killer role, but at the same time kind of protecting her. It's it's this weird thing, but it's, you know, dealing with, I think it's a way to kind of bring to the physical this um, struggle she's feeling with who she is as a person and where she came from. You know, we're, we're seeing that kind of play out visually. And... We know we see the killer though, and he knows Tara. They they go to the same school, and he goes back to his apartment or dorm or whatever it is, and he has a roommate, and he's wondering where his roommate is. It turns out him and his roommate are in on this. They have this whole plan of you know killing Tara and you know wanting to finish where Richie left off and making a big deal out of it or whatever. But that that that's not where things go because Richie. Now forget his name. Uh, dude does not follow his own rules. Um, he answers the phone. <laughs> and it's the voice that we all know. And for a while you think, oh, it's the roommate. And he's playing games. But it turns out it's not the roommate. The roommate's chopped up in the refrigerator. And there's another ghost face. And it's brutal. Y'all, this thing is brutal. When I, this thing was probably one of my favorite screams out of all of them. And I think the the extra carnage had a little bit to do with it. I'm a little twisted that way. But once this thing got started, it hit the ground running and it didn't stop. It kept moving. I mean, it was just boom, 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 boom. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Halloween from 2018 because Halloween 2018 was like that where it was just constant. It was nonstop. Once they started that first time, it just kept going. It just kept going and he kept moving. And that's kind of how this movie goes with the different kills. There's not a whole lot of lull in between. We're constantly on edge. We're trying to figure out what's happening and everything just kind of explodes very, very quickly and very sharply. So this was just great. So how are we feeling about our actors and actresses in this movie? So we have Jenna Ortega, who is just blossoming, right? And there's even a little nod to her role as Wednesday. So there are so many different little Easter eggs in this, right? Let's talk about that for a hot second. So we have our, I think probably the most obvious Easter egg in here is the nod to Wednesday. So this is what's cute. So Jenna Ortega is at a frat party. It's kind of a Halloween themed. And as she's, you know, we're walking and weaving through the party, we see somebody in a Wednesday outfit. We only see the back of their head, but it's the dress. It's the typical, I think I want to say more so the Christina Ricci dress that we all recognize. I think we would recognize that before we recognize whatever, you know, Jenna Ortega wore in the television show. You don't see this girl's face. You only see the back of her head and 
we know this is a nod to Wednesday. Another interesting little nod is that while at this frat party, uh, Jenna Ortega's character Tara meets a dude named Frankie and he asks her if she's part of Omega Beta Zeta. She's like, no, I'm thinking about rushing. Well, if you saw Scream 2, you would know that the sorority in that movie at uh, Windsor College, where um, Sarah Jessica Parker dies. Is it Sarah Jessica Parker? Not Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Michelle Geller. We're going to pretend I didn't say that. Sarah Michelle Geller, where she dies, it's Omega Beta Zeta. So we're getting a nod to that sequel. And some other cute little Easter eggs, you know, we see the return of the popcorn, uh, the police station punch. If you remember from the first film where Sydney punches Gail Weathers, we get another Gail punch where Tara Carpenter, Jenna Ortega punches Gail Weathers once again for just being completely insensitive. We see the return of our legacy characters, Gail Weathers, played by Courtney, um, Courtney Arquette. And also the return of Hayden Panettiere, who plays Kirby Reed. Kirby Reed was in Scream 4. So Kirby Reed is now an FBI agent. She's been investigating any sign of Ghostface killing. So our two dudes who thought they were going to, you know, be the return of Ghostface, one ended up chopped up in the refrigerator. The other one, you know, ended up dead. Uh, She's been following them for a while. So she ends up in New York trying to investigate these killings and Tara Carpenter unfortunately is now a main suspect. Why is she a main suspect? Because our new ghost face decided to leave her license at the scene. Kind of obvious, don't you think? Like why would the killer be so careless as to leave a license? So they want her to come in for questioning and while they're, her and her sister are walking down trying to go to the police station, that's when she gets a phone call and another mistake, she answers the phone and that's when things take off and then they never stop after that. It's just boom, 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 boom. Y'all, this movie was a wild ride, but it was so good. I don't know if I would say scary. It definitely kept me on the edge of my seat. I've never really found the screen movies to be scary. Just highly entertaining in that kind of slasher genre. Definitely a lot of jump scares. Um, just a lot of equilibrium tossing. Just that that first face reveal of Ghostface just kind of set me back a little bit, but it was like, how do you break character? How does a movie break character? The movie broke character with that. I've never seen that. I don't know if I've ever seen a franchise kind of do that before where there's this formula that we expect and it's typical. And that's part of the charm of scream is that it has this predictability while making fun of the predictability of slasher films. Right. And then it breaks character. Now things have shifted and changed a little bit. And we're taking on this roller coaster ride. But then we get back into the formula because now we have Mindy Meeks who's telling us, you know, you know, the last time that was all about the requel because that's what Scream 5 was, right? It was a requel. It was both a sequel, Scream 5, and also a remake of the original where they kind of redid that entire thing. Now... This is all about the franchise, the rules of a franchise, what keeps a franchise going, the secret to longevity, and talking about how no one's safe. You have to bring back legacy characters. We have the return of Gail Weathers and the return of Kirby Reed, and also our four survivors, you know, Tara, Sam, Chad, and Mindy from Scream 5. And now they're legacy characters, you know, you know, they're legacy. And then we have our classic legacy, how no one's safe and everyone's a suspect and trying to point out why this person would be a suspect and this person would be like typical what we would expect. But it's what we look forward to. It's so hokey and so cheesy, yet it's what we've come to know and love about this franchise and why we appreciate it so much, why it does so well, and why it's been able to kind of stand the test of time. Some things get tiring and boring. Uh, And even in making fun of the franchise, I feel like Marvel is starting to lose a little bit of its steam, which kind of gets slight little nod here. But that's what this is, you know, We had our fun making fun of the requel and now we're making fun of the franchise, a movie that's in in a sense making fun of itself because we're damn near 30 years down the road, six movies in, and we've had to, in order to, you know, keep longevity, we've had to switch things up a little bit and we switch things up a little bit with a new city, 
Um, we have a new set of legacy characters and we also have a break in character from the film where they give us Ghostface right when the movie starts. But now we're in brand new territory. So what I loved about them being in a brand new city, because, you know, that's how we, you know, keep a franchise going. You have to move something and shift something slightly. Create. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. a new environment for this thing to kind of unfold in because after a while the old gets boring we know all the you know hangouts we know all the stops we know all the houses but now we're in a brand new place where everything even if you're familiar with the city everything is brand new because everything you're seeing everything through the lens of this film and how it relates to these characters so everything's brand new and yet we're in this open wide city where there's so much going on and yet we always get these feelings of being trapped whether they're trapped in an apartment in a bedroom in a subway in an elevator um, in a broken down movie theater. So this, this film is trying to play a lot with space and even in some ways time. I thought this was a very intelligent little remake and cause this essentially is a remake. Another spoiler that this should have been a big clue from the very beginning of the, what this film is trying to do is basically remake the second film. That should have been a clue as to who Ghostface was. Or at the very least, um, I think we probably would not. If I think if I had paid attention to the fact that this was basically a remake of the second film, I don't think I would have guessed who, as in, you know, known their name, who Ghostface was. That came as a shock, but I think I would have had an idea as to who was behind it, as in more of like a what, like a family member, a parent. This must be someone who is dot 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 you know what I mean but um I think we're just kind of so engrossed in trying to figure out what all these little clues mean because everything is kind of returning in this it's kind of a countdown because what you know what's also in this film all of the ghost face masks all of the ghost face masks from the last what 27 years we get Stu and Billy's we have Mrs. Loomis's and then that guy. And then we have the guy from three and then the two from four and then the two from five and trying to figure out what the connection is to all of these different ghost faces plus Sam Carpenter, Sam Carpenter being the Ill illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis, because it's all about her. Essentially, she's kind of the focal point. It's interesting, though, to me, because. She is. Not quite the star here. She is a star, but 
the spotlight is a little bit on Jenna Ortega, yet the movie is all about her and kind of surrounds her and consumes her. We're consumed with her, yet all eyes are on Jenna Ortega. She just kind of draws you in, I think. I don't think she's supposed to be the lead, yet she acts like a lead. She carries herself like a lead. I think she's just supposed to be kind of the opposite of our lead. That We could go into how Jenna Ortega really is just finding herself as an actress, but that's neither here nor there. I think for me, one of the biggest joys with this film was just seeing Hayden Panettiere on screen again. I think this is the first time since Scream 4 that I have seen her in theaters. Now, Hayden Panettiere has had such a varied and eclectic and diverse uh career not very many actors or actresses do well on both television and film usually it's one or the other or they'll might start with film and then come into television later or start with television and then work their way to film but have trouble transitioning back Hayden Panettiere has always been very good at weaving through both she got her start on soap operas I want to say it's not all I think it's not, I don't think it's As the World Turns. I can't remember. She was on two, but she was on Guiding Light as Lizzie Spaulding for several years. But I think most people, our introduction to Hayden Panettiere was Remember the Titans, where she played little Cheryl Yost, who was kind of our narrator for the movie. Um, we saw the movie through her childhood lens. Uh, she did Joe Somebody with Tim Allen. She's done one or two Disney films. Two, if I'm not mistaken, she did Ice Princess, which was a movie that went to theaters with Michelle Trachtenberg. Um, Tiger Cruise, which was a decom, so Disney Channel original movie. And she actually had a song in that movie. So she's she did a little bit of music here and there for a while. She did Nashville. Um, probably what she's most famous for. I think most people recognize her as Claire Bennett from Heroes. But, I mean, I have been following her career since she was itty bitty very little and I know she went through kind of a rough patch for a little while but to see her kind of getting healthy and getting back to her roots as an actress and getting back on screen for me it was a complete joy a full circle moment now I think another question people are going to have about this movie because Nev Campbell is not in this so we don't have Sydney I don't I think that was kind of a you know a hesitation for a lot of people is this movie any good without Sydney um is Sydney missed I don't think so honestly I didn't notice that she wasn't there if I'm being completely real here I mean I wasn't I knew she wasn't going to be in it so I wasn't looking for her I think Dewey also not being there if you've seen Scream 5 you know Dewey died um I think having Gail there was enough and then bringing in Kirby, I think was just enough to kind of lift the nostalgia that's necessary for this series because there is a nostalgic feel to the entire series. That's what it's all about. It's all about looking back and appreciating what was before and then seeing how it plays and how it works now. So as much as I love Nev Campbell and as much as I love Sydney, I don't think having her here was necessary. It, she wasn't missed. I didn't miss her. She, I didn't need her for this. I, I think having her here would have been a little too much. And even though Gail was very much present, she wasn't that present. Her role was kind of minimal. Kirby Reed, played by Hayden Panettiere, really took the role of classic legacy. So... I know they're hoping for a Scream 7. Honestly, they could end it here. And it wraps up pretty nicely, I think. But if they wanted to keep going, they could. They have enough people from this series that they can kind of recycle and bring back. I think bringing Hayden Panettiere back, possibly for Scream 7, if they decide to make one, it would be very interesting, especially since she's now an FBI agent. Now, we're going to talk about some more little Easter eggs here. Because there was a lot of little things. Scream 5 was all about nostalgia. I think the Easter eggs were very nostalgic in nature. More so for us, those that, that have grown up with it, like I said, to kind of just see and just appreciate. I think there were just... This movie was more so an homage. And we're going to talk about that for a second.
there will also be spoilers here. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. This is stuff that I thought was just kind of cool. Just different Easter eggs throughout the this Scream 6. We talked a little bit about the woman in the Wednesday costume at the party. I think what I found so interesting about that, because that obviously is a nod to Wednesday Adams, which is kind of a little, you know, nudge at Jenna Ortega, yet the outfit that was used was something that I think most of us would associate with Christina Ricci's Wednesday. So I I might be thinking too deeply into it. That's just how I roll. I think too much. So it's stuff like that that makes me think they really are kind of speaking to my generation. This is something that we would connect with on a very personal level. I think if you talk to any millennial, whenever you talk about Adam's family in general, it it almost gets a little personal. That was our family. You know, everyone wanted to be a part of the Wednesday Adams family. They wanted to all be, you know, one of Morticia Adams' kids. But at the same time, we all wanted a relationship like Morticia and Gomez, like Hello, we're not going to deny that. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that while Wednesday Adams is Jenna Ortega right now, the outfit to me was more reminiscent of Christina Ricci. At least I think so. If you saw the movie and you thought disagreed, let me know. And then we talked a little bit about Omega Beta Zeta, how Jenna Ortega just kind of briefly mentions that she's thinking of rushing Omega Beta Zeta. This is definitely a nod to Scream 2 because this is the sorority that was attacked in Scream 2 where Sarah Michelle Gellar, not Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, meets her demise. Fun fact, though, I did not like Sarah Michelle Gellar growing up. Could not stand her. It was not a fan. It was nothing she did. There was nothing wrong with her. Um, she was she's beautiful. She's always been a sweet woman. Great actress. I had the hugest crush on Freddie Prince Jr. OK, I was going to marry that man as far as my 11 year old self was concerned. And she just snatched him from me. The disrespect, ma'am, the audacity. At the same time, I also feel the same way about Jessica Biel because, I mean, I've always had issues with Jessica Biel ever since Seventh Heaven. And I've never forgiven Mary Camden for anything. And then she went off and married Justin Timberlake and had his babies. How rude. But I digress. So Omega Beta Zeta. And then we get a little bit of the Jiffy Pop, the ghost face of, you know, the ghost face killers past and whatever, you know, what am I trying to say? You know, the ghost face of movies past kind of deal. And each of these masks linking to previous killers, kind of the let's kind of wrap and bring everything into one kind of deal we're still seeing a lot of tension and a lot of you know strife between kirby and gail it's it's a lot of things that we kind of get that I, i love how we're pulling in things and we're pulling them in in such a very obvious way and that's part of the charm is that the satirical nature of the movie the fact that we're giving kind of a nod to films of old and we're also giving a nod to sequels of old in a very obvious way now it happens kind of quick and you have to catch it but that's the whole charm of the whole scream thing because this is both slasher and satire it's you know trying to create something new and fresh and beautiful while also holding kind of a magnifying glass to this very predictable, tropey, archetypical genre. And some of the things that are said here where it's very reminiscent of what we're very familiar with, Sarah weaving, Samara weaving on the phone with the man who's about to kill her, talking about all the different tropes, the final girl, the phone call, you know, don't die a virgin, you know, I mean, no, don't have sex. That's like the uh, horror movie sin. The virgin always lives kind of deal. And then we see this big old shrine and has all of these artifacts kind of, it's like a museum and kind of, it's a shrine to Ghostface and all these things that have happened. We see the television that killed Stu. We see the knife that stabbed Kirby. We see all the masks, all of them. Well, actually we see all the masks throughout the movies, but there's this like thing on stage and it's, it's all housed in a rundown movie theater. Um, with all the different robes and in a glass case is Billy's robe where Billy's mask is supposed to be. And then we see the knife that he used and what an interesting moment where 
Sam kind of comes face to face with her father for the first time. Because the man's been dead, would die before she was born, essentially. She didn't really know him. And the only thing she really has of him are these hallucinations and then stories she's heard of from the past. And it's really the first time that she sees him because those were his, that was his robe. That was his mask. And that was his knife. And then she starts to see him again. And then there's a scene we have on the train because it's you know again we're in a movie with uh wide open spaces and in a city that's very wide open and kind of all over the place yet we have these feelings of being trapped so we're on a subway right because the kids are trying to get back to this theater thing and they get split up so we have mindy and new guy whose name i already forgot um on a subway together. And on the subway, we're seeing all these little homages. We're seeing all these nod to the old horror movies. We see Michael Myers. We see Freddy Krueger. We see Freddy Krueger, who is Wes Craven. Well, not Wes Craven, but that was his movie, right? We see Jason. Um, there's even a subtle little nod to Pennywise, to it. Um, there is kind of a hint of a yellow slicker but it's the red balloon. It's the red balloon. We all know what the red balloon is, right? I, I was like, does, I wanted to say, does anyone see the red balloon? That's Georgie. That's Georgie. You know, we have a scene in a van where, you know, the girls are trying to trap, the kids are trying to trap Ghostface, kind of a nod to uh, Randy Meek's death. And I believe it was Scream 2, quite possibly. It's been a while since I've seen the originals. Yes, he died in Scream 2 in a van. And they kind of, obviously, it's it's not even like, oh, did you catch that? No, like, you realize our uncle died in a van, right? In exactly the same way that we're doing this thing right now. And then you have, you know little things like we're going to, you know, show a little nod to 96. The movie came out in 1996. Gail lives on West 96th street. So if you ever see this movie, I, I just want to know what else you notice on the train, because we definitely see Michael Myers. We see Jason Voorhees. We see Freddie. There's Pinhead. I do remember seeing Pinhead. We see Samara from The Ring. We see the wolf mask from Creek. We see, um, I think it was the Babadook. And at one point we do see the twins from The Shining. Uh, Ready or not, clearly. Wasn't Samara weaving in Ready or Not? I know I'm terrible. I actually never saw it. And we also get kind of a redoing of a death scene in this movie because Stu dies by television in the original. And then one of our ghost face killers actually also dies by television. It's kind of sweet, if you know what I mean. I know a lot of people were kind of hoping or thinking that maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Matthew Lillard, who plays Stu, one of the killers from the original film, uh, would make an appearance in this movie. I was actually kind of hoping so. I've had a little crush on Matthew Lillard probably since then. Like, I love him. He's so precious. He's kind of that goofy dude that I feel like he makes you laugh, but he can handle business. I was kind of hoping that he might make a little appearance, but alas, he was not there. For those who are wondering, hey, you know, is Stu there? No, there's no Stu, and it's very unfortunate, and it's sad, but it's okay, though. In the same way that we really just did not miss Cindy, we don't miss Stu. So what's next for Scream? I know they're hoping for a Scream 7, but like I said, they could end the thing here because I think this all ties nicely together with the way we see the return of all the different Scream artifacts, the drawings, the costumes, the mask, the the weapons that were used, the television. It kind of wraps it in a nice, neat little bow and just kind of connects it and bridges it perfectly. Kind of a full circle moment. So they could stop it here. But again, again, this is a franchise that has a formula that works, that we we all love and enjoy, even though we know exactly what's going to happen, even though we kind of all know what's coming around the corner. Um, because the formula is just so beloved in its own right, they could honestly keep doing this. 
I think they could keep doing this as long as they keep good writers and keep directors and they keep in the same spirit that Wes Craven started this thing in, you know, keep with that continuity. I think they could they could keep going with this. This could be one of those kind of long standing franchises, but does something I think better than what previous franchises have done. So, you know, your um, Halloween franchise, which is what, 11, 13 movies, somewhere around there. Um Child's Play, Children of the Corn. I saw Children of the Corn. If you want a kind of a detailed, let you know, thoughts on Children of the Corn, let me know because I will do an episode on that. I'm not sure if I want to or not. That thing was terrible. But if you really want to hear my thoughts on it, I can give it to you. So just let me know. So, but I think what this um, franchise does that a lot of other franchises don't do is you have each movie within a franchise trying to do something fresh and new, trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, with the exception of, you know, maybe those like first two or three sequels. So like Child's Play 1, 2, and 3 pretty much kind of stay in the same vein and then it goes off the deep end. Same thing with Halloween. Halloween 1 and 2 were kind of in the same place and then 3 was just what was that and for why. The movie itself is not bad, but the fact that they tied it to Halloween just makes it very irritating, at least for me. And then you have um, the movies that kind of come after that, which I enjoy. I enjoy 4 and 5. I think I I'm the only person on the planet that actually likes Halloween six, but they kind of go off the deep end and we lose a bit of the magic from those first two movies. But the thing about scream is that they've, they, they, he, Wes Craven figured it out. He, he wrote the formula down and he's passed that formula down and they're still working off that same formula. Yet this scream six, I think was probably top three at least it was just so good and it was gory and it was bloody and it moved and it kept going and it never stopped. A great little requel sequel, so to speak, because this really is a remake of film too. If we're being, you know, if, if you can, if you can catch it, we're, we're redoing film too here, but yet we are building a franchise. We've gotten to the point where we have enough sequels where we can build a franchise. And that's what this film is kind of pushing at. Now that we are film six, we've got it. And we're in the, you know, the cusp of a franchise. The rules are slightly different. You know, nobody's safe. Everyone's a suspect. Everyone's a suspect and we're in a brand new place, which means we can start fresh. So I thoroughly enjoyed this and let me know what you think if you happen to go see it. Thank you once again for listening to me um, talk nonsense about another film. So that was Scream 6. I enjoyed that thoroughly. It's following the same formula, but because it's kind of playing on the idea of building a franchise it, it works the same formula but it adds some new rules to make it fresher we're in a new location and the movie in and of itself kind of breaks character a little bit but that was a fun ride of a movie and I loved it so much if you happen to catch it this weekend let me know let me know what you thought let me know how you felt about different things the different easter eggs what are some things that you noticed how did you feel about Nev Campbell not being in this movie I want to hear from you. So find me on a comment section, whether on YouTube or Instagram. Love to hear from you. So what's coming up? Like I mentioned, we have the Oscars this coming weekend. So expect a recap on Monday. I'm seeing champions. Supposed to be seeing champions in like two hours, but I got things to do. I'm also hungry. So we might have to push the ticket to this evening. But the, the plan is to see champions today. That's the movie with Woody Harrelson. I'm seeing everything everywhere all at once tomorrow evening. And then at some point, I'm going to see All Quiet on the Western Front before the Oscars. Sunday evening and then next week I'm going to see a movie called Southern Gospel now Shazam comes out next week but I haven't seen the first one if by chance I happen to see um the first one before next week I'll take a gander why not uh isn't Zachary Levi in that he's so precious I adore him and then 65 I think comes out next week as well um with the dude that plays Kylo Ren Adam Driver there we go uh, not terribly interested, but I saw dinosaurs. So that that's enough to kind of in, draw me in a little bit. So maybe, and then this movie's kind of, I'm kind of playing things by ear with the month of March because a lot of the movies that I really want to see are, you know, waiting in, um, 
limited release territory. So it's a matter of catching things when I'm able to catch them, which is how I'm able to kind of catch uh, Southern Gospel, I think is what the movie's called. I actually just got the ticket. So looking forward to that. I might see Dungeons and Dragons at the end of the month. That's not my... I never played, so I don't know. But uh, Chris Pine is a riot. I love Sophia Lillis. I think Michelle Rodriguez is also in that one. So I will be looking out for that one as well that that's kind of on the list i think it's actually on the list but if you're wondering what are you what movies are you planning on seeing this month go to my instagram there is a post that has the movies that i'm planning and hoping to see in the month of march and do reviews on so that you can kind of keep track of where i'm heading but it is saint patrick's day season here in the city of new orleans so everything's green everything's fun and i personally am hoping for a kiss from a nice italian american man at the parade in the french quarter at the end of the month in the italian american heritage parade yep yep that's what happens when you're chronically single you hope for a kiss on the cheek from strangers but this was fun i can't wait for the oscars so i will see y'all monday want to advertise on this podcast check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.